The Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Stockholm Breakdown. Savages. This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom, analyst whose work you can find at MMAJunkie.com as well as MMA Junkie Radio. But on this year's program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's before the fight because it is being recorded like right at the 24-hour mark of when the fights will be playing. Uh, Apologies for that. Uh, that being said, this is going to be a real quick rapid-fire breakdown. We're going to blow through this fast. And I don't feel as bad because I actually gave you guys quite a bit of content recently. Some uh, top five podcasts. Uh, shout out to Jordan Killian for joining me and shout out to Dan Levy for joining me. Both for those uh, within the, this almost this last week here. So hopefully you guys are able to enjoy that content. I, I, just, I messed up, folks, essentially. I, just, I thought that we're, we were going to have two weeks off, and, and we are, but it, it's weird. You never really get that. Uh, you also have to minus a week because you have to include a week for fight prep, you know, assignments, so on, study, so forth. You know the drill. Uh, but apparently I don't. That's the problem. And uh, and uh, I just got myself confused. I got my, my UFC schedule up here. I got my Bellator schedule. got my Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series schedule, which is starting up soon. That should be awesome. PFL is already underway, and uh, I just, I just, I got confused, folks. So I didn't give myself that much time. We had a weird start too; it was a little bit of a Memorial Day. So apologies. We're gonna push forward. Got my breakdown already up. Uh, got my picks up too, I believe, at on the Junkie Staff picks, which one of them there may be an issue with, and I'll, I'll explain that one when we get there. So uh, bonus to you guys for listening to this. As per usual, we're gonna go from top to bottom. No card to recap because uh, we already recapped it. And uh, no really topics, except I just, I think I wrote down Drake here just because uh, it's just very annoying. He's, he's very annoying. Uh, I would appreciate the Spike Lee days, but somebody needs to do what my favorite basketball player did, Scottie Pippen, and uh, needs to dunk on whoever the uh, Raptors version is of Ewing just to stare down Drake. And I was actually rooting for the Raptors, but that might change just because, man, the, the contrarian in me just, oh, God, just really wants to hate just, you know. Ego-filled dudes that don't know their 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 role or place, which I don't even know what his his role is. I don't even think his music's great from what I listen to. But whatever, you kids, you kids, you're gonna do what you kids like. But uh, uh, shouts to shouts to all the my Canadian friends that were getting stoked. And I know that's a big deal, man. Hell, the game was invented by Canadians. Anyways, this isn't a basketball podcast. This is a breakdown podcast. We are breaking down UFC on ESPN Plus Eleven in Stockholm, of course. Gustafson is back at Stockholm, but you know he he's only been fighting like once a year, if that. Uh, between injuries, you know his attitude toward the sport, uh, other things, it's been seldom to line up. Although he sounds like he's you know saying the right things ahead of this fight, though. I don't know, man. I don't know. I tried to look too much into the pictures too, but I think I was on like Manawa's Instagram, and I was like, hmm. I don't know if we're getting like the super trim Gus. Like Gus that came in against DC was probably like one of the best shaped Gus we've seen. Obviously, is his you know his first title fight against Jones. Um, even the second one somewhat, but like you know the Blockowitz and and maybe even 
Well, to share, you, you look great in that fight, so you really can't look at it too much. But, yeah, his physique is different, and I'm not, like, you know, uh, you saw the sketchy eyes, your physique is different. Just, like, if I'm really trying to be hypercritical and, and look at the conditioning. And, and um, you know, his, his performances and attitude, I think that, that that's fair because they haven't been that as consistent as, uh, you know, he's usually carried himself throughout his career, regardless of his level. Um... Still, I, I could see why he's, you know, minus 335, comeback Anthony Smith, plus 275. I hate picking against Anthony Smith, man. I really do, and I have to do it twice. And it really sucks. And um, usually I'm right on his fights, whether I'm picking him or not picking him. But I hope I'm wrong on this one, man. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of people are on Smith, and the numbers don't really reflect that. Um, but... Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind being wrong on this one. I just feel like Anthony's really going to have to catch him with that crashing right hand or, or fleeing off the break um, or underrated kind of way but with knees. You know, uh, Gus has really good knees, but so does Anthony, and Gus kind of dips. You know, I think as he can get away, or, you know, his style slash he's been able to get away with it. I don't know if he actively thinks he can get away with it, but, like, you know, being 6'5", um, you can get away with bad habits, like leaning back and, you know, or maybe even dipping because you're not, you're not, you're not quite in your opponent's range. But Anthony Smith is only an inch shorter at six four, and you know, uh, let's see if I can pull up their leg reach. But I know they're only three inches apart in the uh, regular reach department. So I mean, it, it it's not going to be, um, yeah, leg reach forty four to forty six, only two inches in the favor of a uh, gusty there. So, yeah, um, that's definitely something to watch for. But, you know, I just think it's going to be a frustrating fight. I went back to watch the video breakdown, and let's try to one-take those. And I, I was, you know, I, I'm never happy with him, any of my work. So I always find something to pick at myself at. And, and for that one, it was, uh, I think it was like, oh, he's plotty. And it's tough, you know. It sounds like I'm being dismissive, but you're trying to hit all your points, and you're kind of in a real limited time. But uh, and I didn't mean that as a, you know... Um, a diss like Anthony Smith actually showed him proof of work in his John Jones fight. Um, when he decides to come forward and explode, when he smells blood or when he blitzes, he is deceptively quick and agile there. Um, so I, I, I didn't, I don't mean plotty in like a basic sense, but you know, I even compared a guy like Al, uh, Glover to share it. It just plotty in the sense of, you know, everyone next to Gustafson is going to feel plotty. Um, regardless of what you think is of his footwork, He's an active mover, so he's you know he's gonna make unless you were really actively moving in your style, you were gonna look like you're a step behind unless you have really good timing and a good strategy in play. But um, I think Smith's gonna be relying more on his timing. He's not much of a strategy guy, especially as he stated into this fight, and that's the tough thing. You know, he doesn't care if he wins or loses, and I could see that. I could see, you know, unlike the uh, Elias Theodoro cut, I could see the guy like Anthony Smith, um, and, and as he should be, and. and uh, as well, not, not not complaining, just just throwing that out there for uh, comparison. Uh, I think he'll be safe if he loses two in a row, as compared to some guys if they lose one, right? Um, and and he does deserve a break. He's fought a lot. It's just, I, I, I guess the I don't know if the sad part, but the reason why I'm picking him is because I believe him. He doesn't care if he wins or loses in there. Um, he just wants to hit something. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't you know it's it's like I, I compared it in the vi in the video. All right, having some water. I compare it like, it's like getting out of a bad relationship. You know, Anthony Smith, I think he's only been in decision like four times or something out of 45 fights. And it's like, it just came out of one that didn't go his way. You know, we've all been there. Oh, I had a long, tenuous relationship. We're like, ah, 
what's the first thing you do when you want to get out of there? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But but it's crazy because you know you don't always get what you want, and when you do, oh boy, you know you be reaching into that crazy pool of results, right? You don't know what you're gonna get, and sometimes that makes for our best stories. But it also, oof. oh man, if I could share you some of the stories. <laughs> But back to the fights. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, that mentality, you know, kind of transfers over here. Um, and I don't know. I don't I don't know how it's going to work out for Anthony Smith. I'm wishing for the best. But from the process that he showed on his best days to, you know, the challenges that are ahead of him, even Gustafson on his worst days, if he's getting hit on the feet, now we've seen him uh, use his underrated wrestling more and go for takedowns. He actually plays a good solid top game, keeps his... Hands inside the biceps, good shoulder pressures, really good strikes from inside the guard, uses his leverage well. Like, Anthony Smith is the better grappler on paper for sure. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. I really like Anthony Smith, the way he uses his framings and wrist controls. But if we're talking about just scoring points and staying out of trouble, I do think Gustafson has that plan B here, which is why I ultimately picked him. I don't know if he gets Smith out of there, so I picked him by decision. But I ain't touching this fight, man. The overs, the under, it's all funny to me, man. It is the one we just sit back and watch. And uh, disclaimer, I'm not just saying that um, because my takes are going to be very lazy on this card. I did not do full study. There are three fights on here uh, I can't even really give you real takes on. Um, again, I messed up my week this week, and uh, I tried to do diligence, but, but and I just, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I, I just got to do it. I just got to get it out to the people just so they have something to listen to. So hopefully you appreciate that. And uh, again, on that note, you're like, oh, he's always doing it. I put out like three podcasts within like eight days, uh, which is a lot for this podcast. And those had a lot of work into it. And guess what? It's only going to be a few more days till we're back. That's right. Oh, it's not Thursday where you lie and say Thursday, but it's really Friday for the breakdown. And no, in fact, it's going to be Wednesday for UFC 230. It is such a stack card. I wanted to make sure we got it done early. And I actually started my prep. Uh, and I also had work projects I've been working on for UFC 238 this week. Also some video projects. I've been a very busy boy. No no, no excuses here, folks. Uh, I've been a very busy boy. And uh, the good news for you is I, I booked a special guest um, who's going to come on and do the podcast on me Wednesday. That's like insurance to make sure that I do it early. And uh, it, it, it's a gent that uh, who does uh, who does this as well. And I've been wanting to get on the show for a minute. So... Um, it, it'll be a nice change of pace, and uh, so so thank you, and sorry for that sidetrack. But yeah, I I, I I just wanted to reiterate, I did do my study, though, for this fight, um, although there will be some lazy takes to come. This is not a lazy take when I say stay away from the bad. I just, I just, I do generally, I got a bad feeling about this, sorry, <laughs> bad feeling about, too short for this shit. All right, next fight, I guess it's your coming event uh, now, because uh, we lost Latifi, and oh, that was funny. The little time I did have to study for this card, I study fights that are canceled, which is nice. Uh, and I didn't feel that great about that card either. I was kind of back and forth. I was probably going to go with Vulcan, but whatever. Krasfeshko. Um, oh, no, that fight. Uh, Alexander Rakic, minus 190. Uh, Jimmy Manawa, plus 165. Man, I love. I like Manawa. I give him more credit than most. Uh, I, I give his chin, his skills more credit than most. I picked him against Thiago Santos, which I don't think that was crazy. You know, you look at that fight, and he was able to capitalize in moments of Thiago Santos' wildness, but just not enough to get it done, obviously. Um, and it's real dangerous to count out these guys, you know, when they're 0-3 like this, especially when they have that knockout power like Manoa. We've seen Rakic get hit with some stuff, you know, he got hit by uh, uh, Devin Clark. Granted, it, looking back at that one, I, I get it. It was one of the weird times where, he, you know, you circle into a guy's power side, but if you looked at it, it didn't look like anything was coming that side. Like Clark kind of faded to the right, but then he spazzed out with a wide-winging left. 
And uh, when Raykick moves out, not only does he move out to the power side, which was rare, but it was just a weird scenario of where their momentum was. He had a cage right behind him, and he felt it, so he had to pick it. He had to pick a side pretty fast there. And in Raykick's defense, even though he went to the power side, he kept his his right hand up. And a lot of times when you have your hand up, you think you're safe. So when the shot does hit, it's even more. So he was going into the shot of a guy rushing forward. And he had the false sense of security that he wasn't going to get hit with it because he had his hand up uh, pretty close to his chin, too. So I don't discount him as much. And then watching his wrestling and his more well-rounded game and his defense, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Jimmy Manoa's got some underrated uh, grappling and takedowns uh, as well, but... I don't know if he's going to be used that veteran card because Reykjavik looks really well trained there. And it makes sense because he's been training at American Top Team. Um, he's got lofty goals for himself. He's, he's going to be due for that, uh, that first UFC loss there, I think, before he gets to his title. I think he wanted to be champion within two years in John Jones' division. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets that loss before he gets to Jones. I, I just, I'm not sure if it's going to be here. Manawa could definitely do it, but I just see Reiki pretty much doing low kicks and some takedowns of his own. Um, and uh, maybe even have, you know, if he, unless, you know, Manawa's chin really is gone, maybe he just takes him out early. Or uh, I actually wouldn't be surprised to see like a three round hard fought decision, you know. Uh, Manawa will definitely put it up if he's conscious and Reiki uh, showing that he can go there in his UFC career, which is important. Um, so I really wanted to pick Jimmy here. I, ju I just couldn't, man. I just couldn't. I just, there's just, there's just too many skills on the side of, of Reykjavik. And I know he's not fully tested yet. This would be a big test for him, but, uh, I have a hard time going against him from what I see him. Um, so yeah. All right. Next fight. Uh, now it's dead even. Makwan Amirakani versus Chris Fashkold at minus 110. This is the one where, oh, I fucked up, man. Um, I think Makwan Amerikani gets a lot of shit because I don't know if uh, the SBGs, the you know, the model or whatever, but this guy can fucking wrestle his ass off. And that's why I picked him and I believe made some some dog money off him. Um back at that Stockholm card back in the day where he uh flying need uh the little ox, Andy the little ox ogle. And uh made some money on him and Kenny Robertson getting the knockout that night. I remember those were my two big uh dog plays and uh, those both hit so I always got love for these guys and I think I've always picked Maquan except maybe in the Arnold Allen fight that he lost and if not either way it was too, um, you know it's defensible if you're picking Maquan I don't know why I didn't pick him for, for picks I was rushing because we have to have a pick him by a certain time and I usually don't I'm usually like just about rounding my basis in the main card um, you know by Tuesday early Wednesday morning there and, uh, but the good news is, you know, we can just, we get them submitted and, uh, you know, we can change them kind of throughout the week. And this was one of the, usually if I do that, I hate doing it. Cause I'm like, ah, I, you know, one of those people, I'm like, I don't watch the countdowns. I don't uh, listen to other people's, uh, you know, picks podcasts, or if I see like something on Twitter, don't want to listen to that, you know, or you know, see that I'll wait, you know, I'll take all that in fight day, see where everybody's at. That's all great. It's like my little dessert, but really I'm a big believer. You got to keep influence free before. I'm either writing my articles or doing this, talking to you guys to give my fight takes. Um, and uh, so I really try to make sure I'm on the side of a fighter before even I submit my picks because I feel like that'll kind of even give me some bias toward a certain way. I don't know if I was trying to overcorrect it or what, but I ended up putting Fishgold. And also, I mistook Fishgold for, for Mike Grande. Mike Grande, another bold Liverpoolian. Boy, I don't know. Uh, and I was like, fuck. And, and part of me, I, get, I think maybe because I was like, oh, uh, you know, 
Maquan had trouble with uh, the fellow Southpaws. Uh, you know, he got knocked down a bunch against Jason Knight, who was fighting from the Southpaw stance, and uh, lost to uh, loss and was losing stand- striking exchanges to um, Arnold Allen. So I was like, and Mark Grundy is like, oh, you know, he's actually one of the few English guys that can really, really wrestle. He's got like really legit credentials. Uh, I don't, th- you know, and you know, uh, Maquan gasses. But his wrestling keeps him safe. He's got deceptive um, kind of fight IQ in those situations that I think is going to pull it out for him here, I suspect. But, yeah, so I put Fishgold down, and then with everything kind of coming up, I was like, yeah, I would watch tape, and then i get distracted. By the time I finished my tape study was like on this fight, was like last night. And I was like, dude, I, I, I was like, fuck, I, 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 I thought it was the wrong guy. And then I went back and to refresh myself. And I know Fishgold's talented on the ground as well. Very similar fighter, but the problem is, and he's got good good wrestling, especially for that region as well. But not as good wrestling as Grundy, which means I don't definitely not as good wrestling as Amir Khani. Um, even though he is technically the better ground fighter, a uh, solid Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, uh, Fish Gold is. And they've got some very similar games. They like hunting the takedown, uh, looking for the front headlock series, taking a back if it, if, it, if it gives itself. But really, they're in love with that front headlock series, so... I mean, Fishgold, I, I, Fishgold's guillotine is going to have to be super good to where, well, obviously he can catch Amir Khan. Amir Khan, has been almost caught by guillotines in a couple of fights, and he's not being he's not beyond being taken down. But if he doesn't get that takedown, and really Amir Khan, he does show to be a superior wrestler, um, he's really going to have to be able to scare Amir Khan off with those uh, with his guillotines and hope Amir Khan falls in love with his newfound boxing. Amir Khan did six amateur boxing fights. He lost two of them. I, I don't know if he lost him by decision or not. He, he kind of uh, was really, you know, not too descriptive, which usually means it wasn't great. So I wouldn't be surprised if he even got stopped in one of those. Um, so it's a good thing that he's working on his boxing, but, you know, being so confident and doing all that striking training, if he did if he did get hit on the chin a few times, you know, how does it hold up? Because Fishgold doesn't have great defense. And, yes, he's been stopped uh, recently, but... That was the only time he's been stopped in his career. He's shown a pretty good chin up until then, and he, he really does throw hard. He's a, he's a strong cat. Uh, unfortunately, he looks to gas similar to Americani, except maybe a little harder. You know, it looks, I mean, he's still able to pull things out and recompose himself. It's not like he can't or hasn't shown the ability to recover, but it just looks worse. And whether you're a judge or whether you're someone making a picker place in a bet, I don't know, man. I, Amir Khani, say what you will. He's got a winner's mentality, you know. He doesn't quit. He's he's tired. We've seen him out positioned uh, because he was tired. Uh, we've seen him hurt, rocked, uh, kind of knocked out on the feet, and then kind of have to recover back. You know, he went limp for a second in that night fight. So I would actually be picking Amir Khani here, but when the picks come out, it's going to say Fishgold, and uh, I probably could have got uh, an eleventh hour change in guys. I just I'm just one of those people, man. Like. If the restaurant's closing in like a half hour, an hour, I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. You know, people are trying to wrap up. Yeah, you know, they got their routine. I'm going to come in at the last minute, order this or that. You know, get that great of service. I remember what it was like when I was, and just, I'm too much of that, that fucking dude. Like, I, what's the, what's that? Oh, what's that fucking movie? I forget. I don't know if it's a Kevin Smith movie or something. It was just like, that's your problem, Dante, or whatever. Yeah, maybe it was like that. It was like, you'd, you, you would, yeah, you, yeah, probably it was Dante Clerks too, or something. I was like, you would rather shit yourself than, and it's not I shit myself, folks. But you'd rather shit yourself than fucking ask for help or whatever the fucking analogy is. Like that's, 
that's me. So I was like, you know what? I'm dumb enough to have confused the dudes. I'm just going to stick with my pick. Um, so I guess I'm going to stick with Fish Gold, but I guess it's not that bad of a pick, right? I mean, it's minus 110 for a reason, although the money is coming in on Mac 1. I, I, I get it. There's not many dogs that you want to take a shot on in this card, and he's definitely one of them. So if you took a shot on Mac 1, good luck. Um, because if, uh, if there's a finish, I favor Fish Gold, both standing and on the floor. But if that doesn't come, I actually... If, you know, Maquan, this is one of the few guys I'll pick him against Outlast cardio-wise, um, Fishgold. Uh, both of them very, don't go to the distance that often, but I, again, I trust Maquan more. So I'm going to stick with my pick, but you can see, you can see what I probably, where, where, where I'm probably leaning here. All right, next one. You, you already know my pick on this next one before. You don't even have to hear this breakdown. We got Demir Hadzovic, minus 170. Christos Yagos, plus 150. These are guys I haven't picked against. Usually, like, oh, usually. Uh, it's like the names like the John Joneses of the world and whatnot, but no. Hadzovic, one of the another funny names I like to pronounce. I haven't picked against him. I even took him against uh, fucking what's his name? Uh, Hype Machine, who never fights because of Visa. Ties him off. And yeah, he got knocked out, but hey, ended up being Ties him off's like best performance. But he showed that this guy was no joke. Uh, kind of show why I picked him. Um, and uh, I think we're going to see mix between his last fight to some of his performance in Cage Warriors is what's probably going to win it for him here. Christos Yagos, plus 150, a uh, good wrestle boxer, kind of always underrated, you know, uh, from his first UFC sent to his second one. Um, was was listening to his interview. Uh, this is his first full camp. His interview with uh, James Lynch over at the Score, a new YouTube channel. I'm going to go to now, just subscribe to now. Shouts to shouts to them and James. Congrats again on that. A lot a lot of moving around the MMA media sphere. It's a crazy time, folks. Um, I'm going to jump behind the bar like it's a Western gunfight, and then put my head up and see where where the dust settles. That's my plan. All right, <laughs> Jesus. All right, but uh, no, you know, except Yagos, you know, he seems like he was breaking Demir more down as a, as a kickboxer, not really a grappler. Demir actually started as a grappler. Well, he started as a, as a power bit, power weightlifter or whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, he started off as a grappler, and his jiu-jitsu is really underrated, and he showed that in his last fight, and his wrestling is getting better too. So I, I wouldn't underestimate him there, but at the same time, if Yagos wants to hold him down, he was talking about the submission, but if he wants to go for a wrestling hold him down approach, that actually wouldn't be too bad. He will have Kenny Johnson in his corner, not his striking coach. So let's see if he listens to old KJ, one of my favorites. But um, yeah, Hadzovic is underrated there, and I think he's going to run into problems in the clinch. Uh, that's why I love Hadzovic. He's an awesome clinch fighter. He's real dangerous there. He can st- he can stymie and punish, and I think that's where he's going to get Yagos here, to be honest. Um, but on the feet, yeah, it's a crapshoot. I mean, uh, Hadzovic has gotten a lot better. He's, he's shown that he can fight smarter. And, and Yagos, you know, is trying to evoke, at least vocally saying he's trying to stay more patient too. So this could definitely go down the more measured road uh, on the feet. But um, I have a feeling uh, Hadzovic is going to strike gold in the clinch. So give me Hadzovic here. Um, minus 170, you know, I'll probably play him just for the shits of it because I like me some Hadzovic. Uh, maybe I'll use him for a parlay piece if I want to play any, but I don't really like any of that stuff. I, I do have a, 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 a dog and a, and a prop I do, do want to throw out that I'll, I'll, I'll throw down on. I'm definitely not, I always say that even when I do do my research, I'm definitely saying at this time don't jump off the cliff with me here because I didn't do great research on some of these. They just seem like numbers that mm, seem playable to me. Uh, and I'll get to those when they come up. Uh, next fight is Daniel Timor plus 125 against Sung Bin Jo. 
minus 145, coming from Korea, I believe, um, making his debut. Uh, didn't watch any really footage of this Korean gentleman, just saw some kind of highlights online. Um, I didn't, didn't crack down for any of his fights. Not because they're not available, it's because I didn't do it. But Daniel Timor is a guy that I've always kind of faded for the gassing. Um, he's not as good as David. He just has a weird goofiness to him. My God, he's so fucking goofy. And he kind of has this like, and I'm a, dude, I'm a fucking round looking dude when I'm in shape. So I have no room to talk. But he has this weird roundness and it doesn't help that he's goofy and a chef. So you're just like, what is this guy doing? And like, but he also has that like Diaz brother. I'm going to be mean. Like, yeah, well, it's time to be mean. We've been mean now. Yeah, warrior. But he's just like a little kid. He really has the mannerisms of a little kid. Like, he's the shit-eating grin. You know he's going to do something goofy. Like, you know he's going to do it five seconds before he does it because he puts a shit-eating grin on his face. Look at me. I'm going to do this pose when Buffa calls my name. And, uh, and yeah. Um, he does look like he's got some underrated grappling chops. Like, he spends some time on the jiu-jitsu mats. He's just perhaps not good enough with the wrestling uh, to really put it there. Uh even though he's underrated there in that department. Again, him and his brother come from the Muay Thai. And a lot of those Muay Thai strikers will surprise you with wrestling, that wrestling chops. But uh, I'm going to go with, the, uh, I'm gonna go with, with, with the, Korean, the, the Korean prospect here. Um, all right, next fight. Rostam Ahman, plus 135 against Sergey Khandosko, minus 155. Uh, Sergey has fought more decent competition and, and more of it. Although Rostam's had more of an extensive amateur career, I just I just don't know who he's been fighting. Uh, I'm gonna suspect the Russian guys fought better guys than the Swedish guy. Although again, the, the Swedish that's seen up there is is very underrated. I mean, you got Norway with their wrestlers and Finland to the wrestlers to the right. So that region of Europe is very underrated. Um, uh, gosh, I looked up the, the their bios too, and now I'm forgetting what they had. They had regional titles. I can't remember. What they specialize. I know Rostam specializes in body hair, according to his sure dog picture. He is like, he look, he for sure looks like he's part Armenian with that body hair. Like, you are breaking, you are snapping some combs if you try to take a, t- a comb to this guy's back. Like, I was looking at his submission losses to see if any of them were by, you know, hair suffocation. Because that would have made sense. I would have been like, this guy's probably the Damien Maya hair. If he just gets some good shoulder pressure, you know. <laughs> Got a good side control. I mean, he's just a mess. Like, uh, Akman, please put your shirt on. Oh, come on, this is fifth round. I'm hot. I'm so yeah, but please, I don't. You make me floss with your chest hair when you get on top. I don't like it. <laughs> Sorry for the visuals, but yeah, unless this guy's chest hair is as formidable as it looks in the photos, I'm gonna go with the Russian. Wow, sad part is probably a lot of you guys are liking this kind of a breakdown better. <laughs> Lottie, like, get on with it. We hate this show. Why do we listen? Sorry, guys. All right, uh, next fight. Uh, Tanya Avenger, fucking Walmart parking lot, scrap ready. Minus 275 versus Lena Landsberg. Uh, who does her impression of uh, the person from the Goonies every time she's in there? Plus 235. I mean, holy crap. Who's a fighter we can, like, who's one of those fighters that were always taking damage and they're always got the... I guess maybe like Pat Cummins is probably definitely a more relevant, exa- a recent example. Like she's like the Pat Cummins of the division, man. Like win or lose, like her eyes are closed up by the end of fights, and she's always messed up. Uh, the elbow queen. Um, she's the better striker on paper, and but I don't think you know she's not the better grappler on paper. More specifically, the wrestling. I know Avenger doesn't look like much. She doesn't look that that explosive of an athlete, but she does have a good wrestling background. And particularly, she wrestles well from the clinch. That's where she comes from and always kind of has done well. 
And even though Landsberg has a striking edge, she tends to always find her way into the clinch, you know, falling in love with those elbows, the elbow queen or princess or whatever the hell uh, she calls herself. So I don't like that. Um, even though it's a female fight, the dogs are usually pretty live, especially, you know, we got a, an older lion here in Avenger. Again, stylistically, I still think she can find her flow if she uh, kind of just keeps her head on her shoulders and keeps a decent effort the whole time. I think Avenger should win this. All right. Uh, next fight. Leonardo Santos making his yearly... Well, not even a yearly appearance at this point. They try to book him once a year, and then they don't. All right, fuck him. Um, you know, so we'll see. Hey, Benji boy, he's a good boy. I'm going to feed you after the podcast. He's just sitting next to me, giving me the look. Come on. Um, Santos, it looks like he stays pretty active over the Nova Yeah, You'll see him in, like, the Aldo or BJ Penn photos for his training camps down there, but... I just could never trust it. His striking is definitely underrated. His length, he can move. He can stay safe. If he doesn't like what he's seeing in the exchanges, he knows how to kind of fight around him. But Stevie Ray, for better or worse, will come at you in all aspects of the fight, for better or the worse. Um, you know, I could still see him get submitted here. Stevie Ray is a, a good grappler, but, I mean, we're talking about Santos here. That being said, Stevie Ray's got some underrated wrestling, and he's usually, even though he plunges into clench and grappling situations, kind of head first, um, which means he'll have to protect his neck. Uh, he usually controls the, the wrestling, you know, unless the guy's a really good wrestler. Um, so I can see that here, you know. Uh, you look at how he's kind of composed himself against, you know, the Joe Lozons of the world. And even when Stevie Ray's looked really bad, I mean, uh, unless he's been gotten out of there, you know, he, he will fight back and he will keep fighting. So he's a guy that kind of will fight for your money. Uh, Leonardo DeSantos doesn't, hasn't fought a lot of southpaws in his career. And he doesn't have a lot to train with. Um, that's why southpaw stances have always traditionally seemed to work well against those Nova and Yao guys. It's just a lot of the plotty, same kind of Muay Thai orthodox stance you're seeing trained and repeated and thrown at you over and over again. Um, he's having to travel a, a lot less for this fight. Uh, whereas Santos, you know, having to travel a lot more. Uh, that big of a line separation... That much respect to Santos? I don't know. I could definitely see. I don't disagree at all with Santos being the favorite, but I'm actually going to pick and, and, and throw a sprinkle on Stevie Ray here at the plus 165. Um, I think he was a higher dog, so maybe people, uh, maybe I'm not alone in this thought. So good luck to you if so, but it, it's not a confident pick by any means, guys. But I'm just being honest. I just took a shot at it. So yeah. All right. Next fight. We got another close one. Frank Camacho still holding as a slight favorite. Uh, but Nick Hine right on his tail, minus 105. I don't know what this opened as, but I could see money coming in on Hine because Camacho um, not only like lost two straight or lost three of his last four, but like two of those last the last two, I believe, at least, are southpaws. Um, he doesn't really do too well against that. You know, people tend to dip into that power side. Granted, uh, Nick Hine may or may not have switched up his stance in his last fight. I know he did switch up his training to work uh, in L.A. for a camp or two with um, Anthony Hardonk. And uh, I'm almost done, buddy. I'll let you out. And, uh, you know, so we'll see if he makes any changes. I didn't look up on Instagram, see where he's training on this. But Camacho, he always dips to that right side. And, you know, and you, you heard um, Jeff Neal kind of pick that up in his camp. And uh, they abused that. And granted, Neal's a ridiculous hitter, and especially from that side. Whereas Hine, you know, he's got a good left hand, but uh, his right hook is, you know, I, I suspect he might be a right-handed southpaw. 
Um, so I don't know how effective it's going to be. And I like Camacho's pressure. Um, but I, I've been pretty pretty good at fading Nick Hine as well. Uh, who just hasn't, you know, done as well as post-USADA. I don't know. Um, fuck it. We're going, we're going with my heart today. I guess we'll just go Frank, Frank, Frank the Tank. Uh, Frank the Tank Camacho is the first pressure to pay off, but keep in mind, man, this is not one you want to play. It's close for a reason. All right, uh, Duda Santana. I just want to pick her because of her name, plus 105. First, Bay Malecki, which is uh, the Barbie girl uh, story. Uh, neither of them don't really have a much impressive record. I didn't go back to watch either of them, but I'm going to take the hometown girl uh, who they're trying to set up against the traveling Brazilian. Again, a lot of road to hoe. Uh, we'll see. I'm sure it's close for a reason, uh, especially these female fights, the two unproven gals. So... Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll take the favorite hometown girl. We'll see what happens. But uh, this is obviously one of the fights I didn't watch. Um, this fight I did, and I'm more familiar with these guys. We've got Devin Clark still holding as the favorite. Uh, or maybe he came came to as the favorite. I could have sworn maybe he was underdog earlier this week against Darko Stosik. Or as, uh, it's been a while since I got to see this name. As I said in the last podcast, Dark Dick Stosik. Uh, Dark Dick Stosik, uh, who he, we saw him last time against Jeremy Kimball. Grizzly Kimball. Uh, sorry, I use the prospector voice anytime I say Jeremy Grizzly Kimball because that's just how I hear it in my head. And that was a funny fight where we pretty much saw Darko just really just stand and kind of do nothing and try to do his best uh, Mirko impersonation, except he was from an orthodox stance and just didn't throw anything really. But once he got the chance to, once he got in the clinch in his world, you saw his judo hips go to work, turn it around, and the dude does hit hard. He's like a little rock. Um, that ground and pound looked, looked pretty legit, uh, even though... Grizzly Campbell was a bit quick to get out of there. Uh, that was a legit. Those were some legit elbows. So um, yeah, you can't uh, underestimate the dark dick under those uh, under those circumstances. And um, Jesus Christ, damn. but uh, but I like. But I, 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 I've always liked Devin Clark. He just he's always seems like he's one opportunistic submission where like the hooks aren't in, like against Jan. Or, like, you know, a random, like, forearm, back fist graze away from, like, just getting out of the fight. And it's so hard. Like, he has more offense, output, and range of offense, more trustable and reliable skills, more trustable and reliable camp. But, you know, I'm having a hard time, having a hard time uh, uh, picking him here still because of that. So, I'm going to try to let my dog out. Because the door was within reach and he's bugging me while I keep recording here because we're almost done. So, uh, yeah, I actually, uh, you know, I was like, these guys both, like, they don't, you know, go to decision that often. Uh, it's just, this is volatility written all over it. I wouldn't be dare to pick a side. I'm going to take Dark Dick Stosic here, even though I, everything tells me to pick Devin Clark. But again, at the end of the day, I just can't trust Devin Clark. Uh, and I don't want to give up on a guy so young, so athletic, you know, so soon. And I'm not giving up on him per se, but yes, I am picking against him again. I just need to see more, man. And this would be a good opportunity for him to do that. I don't see this fight going to the distance. And it's like minus 160 for it not to go the distance, which is some chalky shit. But I might throw that into something. So that was one thing um, I was looking at. Because uh, I just don't see this fight going the distance at all. Um, oh, wait, the last fight here. Ben, one more fight and we'll get out of here, okay? Hang tight, buddy. We got UL Arrow. Alvarez versus Danilo Belliardo, minus 110 even. I mean, good luck pick. Even if I did do the research in this fight, I can tell you this would probably be on the avoid list. Because you got one guy from Italy and one guy from Spain. I mean, 
Uh, didn't have to, you know, there, I don't think there's really much on Yoel Alvarez. I remember trying to find his fights, not really finding much. He really didn't look that impressive uh, against uh, Demir, uh, you know, Gulof. Uh, and I, I don't know much on Danilo either. So uh, I don't know. Um, I'm going to take Italy, even though he's less experienced. Give me Italy. Uh, yeah, obviously I didn't do much on that fight. Sorry for the, the late episode, folks. And uh, sorry for the, uh, you know. Not my normal, not my normal standard. I'll admit that. I'll, I will take it. I, uh, you know, excuses aside. Hopefully, you did uh, seriously though. Enjoyed the other content, and we are getting a, a full breakdown back to normal and earlier next Wednesday, folks. So just recapping this, we'll get out of here. Taking Gustafson over Smith, although my heart's with Smith. Taking Rakic over Manawa. Officially taking Fishgold over Amir Khani, but I think Amir Khani's going to win. You should fucking stay away unless you were able to get dog money on either side. Of course, I got heads of each over Yagos. Uh, taking Sungbing over Timor. Uh, taking Kandazoko over Ahman the Herryman. Uh, taking Avenger over Landsberg. Taking a shot on Ray over Santos. Taking Frank the Tank, which is going to be a crazy close battle. Stay away further from that one against Nikhain. Uh... No due to Santana for me. Give me Barbie Malecki. And taking Dark Dick Stosich over Devin Clark. And taking Ballardo over Alvarez. All right, folks. Uh, that's it for me. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday. Apologies again. Have a good weekend. And always protect your ass.